gods. You may be seated. If you do have those attendance cards, do pass them down. We appreciate that. Please keep your Bibles turned to Mark chapter 12. We are doing a sermon series through the book of Mark, following Jesus immediately. We're up to Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12 in our lesson for today. It was all oh, roughly 30-something years ago that I applied, and surprisingly, they gave it to me, I applied for a passport. I was applying for a passport because I was getting ready to, uh, uh, to go on my first foreign mission trip. And since that year, I have renewed it when it was due to be renewed, and I've always had a passport. But one thing about it, I've only had one passport at a time. But a buddy of mine, he has two passports. He was born in this country, so he has a passport from the United States of America. But his parents, both of his parents are from the country of India. So because he was born to Indian parents, he has a passport to India. So he has two passports. And he's often told me on his trips back to see his uh, parents' families, he's talked about the differences between living in this country and living where his uh, family lives. A lot of difference. A lot of difference for that dual citizenship friend of mine. Brothers and sisters, we have dual citizenship. Yes, we are a citizen of this country, of this earth, of this planet, but we are a citizen of a better country called heaven. And heaven is a very different place than here because heaven is a perfect place and friends, this earth of ours is certainly not perfect. We've got a lot of bad things happening in our world today. Yet, as believers in Jesus, we find ourselves citizens of both worlds, and that is hard sometimes. Why is it hard? It's because our world is becoming increasingly hostile. Increasingly hostile to our Christian values. Even though we were founded as a Christian nation, we are hardly a Christian nation today. We find ourselves often disagreeing with our own government. What should we do? What can we do? How do we live on this earth as citizens, as true citizens of heaven? Look at Mark chapter 12, verse number 13. We have the true odd couple coming together. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians. The Pharisees and the Herodians normally did not get along. Normally they disagreed. Normally they were what? Well, normally they were opposites. They were opposites. But they've got a common enemy, and that's Jesus. And why do they come? They come to catch him in his words. They're trying to lay a trap. They're trying to trick him. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to discredit the Lord. Let's look at verse 14. When they had come, they said to him, Now, 
Hey there, how you doing? Got a fan. Um, they come to Jesus. And what do they do? They start flattering him. Notice the words they say. Teacher, we know that you are true and you care about no one. For you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Call that false flattery. There was a character on the old Leave it to Beaver show that I'm reminded of right now. You know, yeah, he was always, you know, uh, uh, trying to flatter and get his way with, uh, uh, with June and her husband, Beaver's parents. But he was fake. These folks are fake here. They're trying to trap Jesus. What did they ask him? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This is truly a trap. Most likely the tax they're talking about, they're asking about the annual poll tax or, or head tax, which the Roman emperor had imposed on all the Jews since A.D. 6. In A.D. 6, Herod Archelaus is removed from the throne and they put in a Roman governor and they established this head tax. That was the year that Judea became a Roman province. So the, the Pharisees and Herodians, it's a trick question because no matter how Jesus answers, in their mind, he's in trouble. If he says, pay Caesar, well, you're, you're going to have the disapproval of the people who were opposed to this. If you say, don't pay Caesar, they're going to run and tell the Romans, hey, there's a guy down there that's trying to get us not to pay the tax. You see, in their minds, there is no easy answer. But Jesus is always in control of any situation. You better believe it. Look at verse number 15. Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, they're just big hypocrites. They're not real. They're fake. Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why? Why do you test me? Why? Bring me a denarius, a coin, a Roman coin, that I may see it. So they brought it. He said to them, Whose image? Tell me, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are of God's. And they marveled at him. Wow! The perfect answer to the question. You see, the coin that they had had a portrait, or you would call it an image of Tiberius Caesar. He reigned from A.D. 14 to A.D. 37. The inscription read in Latin, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of the divine. On the flip side, it said chief priest. This coin promoted emperor worship. And they knew that. But Jesus said back to them, literally, give back the things that belong to Caesar, it's Caesar's coin, so give it back to him. But on the other hand, 
On the other hand, make sure to give back to God literally the things belonging to God. We're talking about images. We are in the image of God. We belong to Him. If we enjoy the benefits of civil government today, like police protection, public utilities, and the like, then we have an obligation to pay our taxes, yes. But the tax money belongs to the government, but we, we belong to God. We belong to God. Whose image is on every human being? That's right, we all bear the image of God. Genesis 1, 27. And so while we give some of the government's money back to them, we give ourselves back to God and to God alone. How do we live as citizens of two kingdoms? A heavenly one and an earthly one? Jesus' answer here is profound. It's the perfect answer. You pay your taxes to Caesar, but give yourself to God. You fulfill your obligation to the government, yes, but worship. Worship God and God alone. Being a Christian does not preclude us from being a good citizen. On the contrary, our faith, our faith in Christ demands that we act as responsible citizens. Our faith requires that we fulfill our obligation to the civil government. Trusting Christ means paying our taxes even when we disagree with some of our government's policies. And yeah, I, I have some that I certainly disagree with. But as long as our government does not violate God's word, we are obligated to obey government. Now, if government violates God's word, then we have to obey the more important law that is God's law, always. But we must be, if possible, we must be the best citizen. A believer in Christ should be the best citizen. It happened just over 20 years ago. China had a, a massive problem. In one of their provinces, uh, that's where most of the opium that comes out of China is grown and harvested. And the people were not just harvesting and selling the opium, they were taking it. They were using it. They were becoming addicted to it. And the Chinese government tried everything. They tried, you know, punishment. They tried increasing the uh, police. They tried bringing in military. Nothing worked. Until one person came up with the idea, what if we try to mix some good with all that bad? They offered to people who believe in Jesus in that country. Now, that's not a lot of people. But they offered to people who believed in Jesus a large financial compensation if they would move to that province. Guess what happened in 10 years? The influence of those good people started rubbing off on those other folks. And the addiction rate had went down substantially. We've got to be the best citizen because we are Christians. We're Christians. So we pay your taxes. You pay your taxes, you obey the laws of the land, and you pray for our government officials. Even if we don't respect those in office, and sometimes it's hard, I will admit, 
We must respect the office itself. It, it is part of what it means to be living in two worlds. It's part of what it means to live as a citizen of heaven while we're a citizen here on earth. First, we pay our taxes. We give back to Caesar what he is due, but we give back to God our whole selves. We give back to God our whole selves. Caesar gets a little, true, of his money back, but God gets everything we are and have. That means what? We must know God. We must know God and we must know His Word. And that's where the Sadducees came up short. They failed to know God's Word. Well, who were the Sadducees? The Sadducees were the liberal elite. They were people who did not believe in the resurrection. They, they did not believe in the resurrection, life after death. They didn't believe in the existence of the soul. They didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe in a final judgment. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't even believe in angels or demons. What they did believe in is the first five, just the first five books of the Old Testament. That's all they believe. The rest of the books don't count. The Sadducees. The Sadducees come to Jesus with a question. What are they doing? Once again, they're trying to trip him up. Verse number 18. Then some Sadducees, who say there's no resurrection, they came to him and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses, now remember, we just believe in the first five books. So Moses, the first five books, wrote to us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. This is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 5 and 6. Then they give Jesus a test case. And to me, it seems somewhat hypothetical because I can't picture this really happening. Maybe it did, but I think it's a made-up question. Here's the question. Now, there were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and dying, he left no offspring. The second took her, and he died, nor did he live any, leave any offspring. And the third, likewise, so the seven had her and left no offspring. Is it possible that really happened? Well, it's possible. That's kind of far-fetched, but I guess it is possible, maybe. Last of all, the woman died. Therefore... In the resurrection, by the way, you know, that's the thing we don't believe in. That's the thing we don't believe in. But in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had her as wife. Jesus is always in control. He's never caught unaware. He's always in control. This is one of those uh, hypothetical situations, perhaps, without an answer, in, at least in their mind. Well, Jesus does have an answer. Look at verse 24. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken? You don't know God's Word. Are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the Scriptures nor the power of God? You don't even know those first five books. Verse 25, 
For when they rise from the dead, hey, there is a resurrection. When they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses? Hey, you're supposed to know those first five books. You don't even know the first five books. Have you not read in the book of Moses and the burning bush passage? How God spoke to him saying, I am, not I was, but I am the God of Abraham. Meaning God, Abraham, Abraham is still alive. The God of Isaac, not the God that was Isaac, but God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. What was their problem? Their problem is they had such a small view of God's Word. This does not really happen here in Hot Springs, but I've seen it happen a lot up north. You know, during the wintertime, uh, maybe you go to sleep and, and the temperatures are dropping and there's rain coming in. And if your car is parked outside, the next morning that car is just covered in ice. And you're out there chipping away the ice off the windshield and it's getting late, you're going to be late for work. And you got a little what I call a peephole made, you know, about so big, you know, about the size of maybe of a large pizza. So what do you do? You jump in the car... <laughs> You turn the heater on full blast, hoping that it will melt the rest of the ice, and you take off. You got that little peephole that you're using to drive down the highway. Trouble is, that's dangerous because you don't have few full viewpoint. You can't see what's happening on the sides. You see, so often in life, we can go through life with a peephole mentality. People living is what I call it. There are many people who pride themselves on being open-minded, but actually they're narrow-minded if they don't know God's Word. If they don't know God's Word or God's power, then they are actually have a very narrow view of the real world. And in so doing, you see, when we understand God's Word, understand God's power, our vision is not a peephole. Our vision is expanded. And there's no telling what God can do for us, through us, as we seek help to live for Him in this world. If we'll just have faith. If we just have faith. We're not limited by the confines of this world. We're not even limited by death itself because Christ has conquered the grave and there is a resurrection. You can take it to the bank. So open the Bible on a regular basis. Start digging deep in God's Word. Get to know what God has said and discover what you can do when you, what? Give yourself to God. When you give yourself totally to God. You love God with your entire being. Not partial, not part, but all. Because that's what God wants. You commit yourself to Him, heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is what Jesus said was the most important commandment in all of Scripture. Verse 28. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which 
which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Jewish Shema, Deuteronomy 6. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The legal experts in Jesus' day, they counted up 613 precepts in the law. According to them, 365 were negative precepts and 248 were positive. And they loved to argue over which of these divine commandments was the most important. Well, Jesus had the definitive answer. You love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And second, you love your neighbor as yourself. So above all, and in dependence upon Christ, love God. Give yourself to God. And you love the person next to you, whoever that may be at the time. For it's really the only way. It's the only way to live in two worlds at the same time. It's the only way to live as a citizen of heaven here on earth. Are you a citizen of heaven? You, you have seen these verses for almost four years. You know, I could use other verses for the plan of salvation. That's true. Many other verses. But I use these. Why? Because if you have one of those red-letter Bibles, all those verses are in red. It's Jesus talking to you. It's not me talking to you. It's the Lord talking to you. Have you put your faith in Him? Do you believe Him? Will you repent? Will you confess? Will you be baptized? Now, most of us here have done that. Praise and glory be to God. But are we really giving ourselves to God? Or do we give ourselves to our own priorities, to our own wishes, to our own desires? Have we left God out in the cold? Are we living with a peephole faith? Do you need to seek forgiveness? 1 John 1, 9. The church right here stands ready to pray with you and for you, James 5, 16. How about it this morning? Would you take the steps that you need to take as Clayton leads us in this song? Will you please come as we stand and sing for your encouragement? Into Jesus.